Hello, and welcome to episode 5 of the Baby Metal Podcast. It, as it turns out, was January 20th, 2019 when we recorded this, for most of us. The podcast is normally a place where we gather on something like alternate weeks to discuss news and thoughts on the past and future projects of Baby Metal. This particular episode is a continuation of the previous one, where we are talking about the contents of the graphic novel uh, Apocrypha, The Legend of Baby Metal. So if you are still waiting to read this and do not want to hear spoilers about the contents, move on to the next episode and come back and listen to this later, because that is all we're talking about here. So we're picking this up uh, in progress. We talked for so long that this actually took two episodes worth of time, and so we have made it through part of the graphic novel already, and so we are going to continue here. So this was the regular podcast team. Uh, I am Paul. I was joined by Kevin, Garrett, and Vars, and we now rejoin the discussion already in progress. Okay, chapter three. 1793, Reign of Terror, Enemies of Liberty, Follow the Smoke, The First Battle, A Tomb for the Fallen. So I did some, I did some research history, researching some history for this. 1793 was really busy in Europe. Um, French Revolution, France invading things, um, lots of people dying, lots of I don't know, enemies of liberty in the U.S., um, mm-hmm. Washington. Uh, now I'm blanking on my U.S. history. Uh, he <laughs> conducted the first the first cabinet meeting or something along those lines. Oh, should it should it be somewhere in the uh, in the Hamilton musical? <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> um, the world was busy in 1793. Most of the references were from France. Yeah, yeah, it does seem like this is largely, you know, the reality of uh, a kind of a, a campaign of terror from the government and, you know, yes. basically just trying to to keep control. Right. So, like, the beginning of Chapter 3, it opens with them finding um, a girl named Clement. Mm-hmm. Did, um, was there anything in the AMA about her? Because I believe she's, like, only mentioned just in this chapter and it's not a huge influence on it. Uh, there was actually. Oh, right. Okay. Did I miss something? <laughs> Chapter three: The little girl Clement and the design of the vulture god is an homage to both GMB and our mutual love of alien and aliens. Clement is based off Newt, and the vulture god design is our tip of the hat to Geiger al- mm-hmm. Geiger's alien design. Oh nice. my god! <laughs> nice. I love aliens. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, I mean, we. I think we only see Clement for like three pages, and that's it. <laughs> but yeah, yes, something uh, like that. Just felt like a weird opening to this chapter of the the three new girls in this generation rescuing a solo girl and never spoken of again. Mm-hmm. Well, ultimately, it's not even not even all that clear that they really. I mean, I guess they said they were we're here to help, but it seems like the help that they're offering is to go like find the bad guys. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It does seem pretty dismal, though. It doesn't seem like you know. <laughs> uh, th- there's a sense in which some of this stuff doesn't fit in all that well with like the the sort of cheery teenage stuff that the band <laughs> uh, represents. But yeah. Yeah, this chapter got pretty dark. Well, both chapters are really kind of dark, or well, all the remaining ones. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, after doing some research on history, I, this feels, this chapter feels European to me, um, mm-hmm. just from some of the, the backgrounds agree. in the city, the guillotine, um, you know, those are all themes from world history and, you know, the French revolution, um, and goings on in Europe at time, beheadings were still a thing, public beheadings. Um, so that, that was the setting I had in my mind when reading through this chapter. Mm-hmm. I thought it was sort of, uh, I wonder, does it actually... Yeah, I guess it does say this. I, I remember, as I was reading this, I took a note, you know, like, so Clement says, follow the smoke. Uh, fire does not care if you're bad or good. And the, immediately the next thing is, you know, Leala took offense to this. And I'm like, what? what's wrong with that? And like, oh, she must be the fire one. And then, of course, the very next box is a fire starter. She is. And so I was like, all right. I, I realized something, and, it, you know, unfortunately, then it just turned around and told me. <laughs> so... <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like part of the game of this is to try to figure out like which one corresponds to who. So Leala is the one that corresponds to Miko, which is the fire person. Right. And then um, 
Elsia or Elisa is the one with the mm-hmm. voice, but right. I don't think I don't believe it says anything about Odile, and so we're just left to assume that that's the ice. Yeah, I think right. The, there was not much. There wasn't much discussion of that because it wouldn't. It wouldn't be Clement because it mentions um um Elisia by name being saying that she keeps an oath of silence because her voice could um move worlds. Right. Right. Yeah, so it's it's clear that Odile is the this is related, you know, is one of our three, and uh, but doesn't actually get to do anything in this yeah. chapter. So because we're basically done with that, you know, they're they're gonna go head off and and try to try to see what's what's uh, going on here. The next page is pretty interesting with the monster with the big nose. Mm-hmm. I never really understood what that was. They talk it about like a vulture claiming. Yeah, I, I sort of assumed it was the vulture god, man evil. Or, or it kind of reminds me of like I don't know what to call them, but there's, there's so these says, types of masks that yeah. you see beforehand, and it looks like a sort of rendition of that. Like maybe the monster the masks are based on. <laughs> are you talking about the uh, the panel with the, the five guys the wearing doctors. the long yeah. mask things? Yeah, the plate, the plague doctors that metal Yeah, the plague just, doctors. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, so that that ties in again to why I think this was European because that's a that's a French thing. Um, oh yeah, this when, does it not actually say it was in France? <laughs> it must have been in France though, because <laughs> it's all about French history. It, it's all French. Yeah. yeah. I don't. <laughs> did it actually say? I. I just I know the date is seventeen ninety three. I I don't remember actually seeing anywhere referencing that. Yes, this I'm is pretty sure it said France somewhere. Yeah. Find it. I don't believe you. Okay. Flip, flip, flip. Yeah. Flip, flip, flip. <laughs> I don't know where it would be if it's... I'm pretty... If I swear I saw it on one of the pages. I don't know where it would be. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, it's full of references to France. I mean, so, so uh, you know, when we meet this... Well, okay, so some sort of presumably priest gets thrown out of a window and then this guy in the mask confronts him and the priest says, ah, it was you that was like responsible for the plague of Marseille. Uh, Justinian and the, 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 whatever the monster guy says, yeah, Cyprian and Antoine also, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Tell me where the thing is. Right. right. <laughs> at the bottom of the page, at the right hand page, it shows a man and it's saying, we, the protectors of all that is holy, shepherds of the planet, servants of God. We think a devil can simply ask what we hold dear. Hmm. Is that? I think I, and I understand that since it's, since it's in white text, it's the man speaking, not black text, right. black background. It's not the man. I, I wonder if I don't think it's explained that this monster is trying to get a hold of a piece of the Agamon or no, Agamont. Yeah, Agamont. Then soon afterwards, they spent the three main characters of this of this chapter come to fight him. Yeah, no, I think I mean it, it seems like this priest guy is kind of like responsible for keeping us safe, and so he's like, well, you know, you can't just get it by asking. <laughs> I know I'm I know I'm going somewhere yeah. good, and you're not. So, you know, and now and then after that, we get to this battle that they're sort of like barely participating in because they're just kind of thinking, I can't feel like I've done this before. <laughs> I found this confusing, actually, um, in a sense that there was, you know, so on this page that that I'm I'm looking at, I don't know, I guess it's the page after the one we were just talking about, where there's a, uh, like some sort of like, fire from the left, that goes grah. Um, yeah. So there's you know, they've attacked they've attacked the monster. Um, you know, they're showing up with their their things, and then, cut to the priest's dead. Uh, you know, we don't like people dying. We would like no more people to die, and then the fight's back on. So I don't, I don't understand what, what, where that calm came from. Like, did the, did they knock the monster away somewhere? I guess in the, I guess in the lower right panel, they, that is kind of the monster's kind of sitting there, uh, smoking. <laughs> I don't think they knocked the monster away or somewhere. I think, I think they just want to finish the fight as to not cause more death and destruction. Yeah. And then I, the next panel, the next page is kind of interesting because it just, it kind of, 
you know, they're kind of going through this fight, but also kind of thinking, like, this doesn't seem right. Like, we're being pretty violent, too. Are we the baddies? <laughs> <laughs> it's, so this, it's very hard to stop talking. Uh, I, I suddenly realizing I haven't given you a much chance to talk for, so you, uh, have you been building up things you've been meaning to say? Oh, uh, <laughs> well, I think uh, at first I thought it was the Plague Doctor, but obviously it shows itself more, and it seems to be a rendition of the the Vulture God. So it seems that um that these metal spirits are going through time, fighting this Vulture God that keeps reappearing and trying to find whatever it wants to find. So it does seem like the Vulture God itself is also kind of changing form a little bit from era to era. Oh, it's absolutely changing form from era to era. It's, I think it's period specific. And it's we can kind of, we can kind of talk about, yeah, we can kind of talk about that more as we get to the end here. Well, right. yeah, once we get to the end, it, it definitely evolves into something different and a lot newer. <laughs> I mean, everything evolves, right? Each chapter is... Well, heck, the first, what, between three and four, it's like 100 years, and then another 120 years or something like that. So it's about a century mm -hmm. between each battle. I don't know if there's yeah. meaning there. Hopefully it's not like how Maybe. long we have to wait for the next album. <laughs> yeah, I think there might be a correlation between like how long these beings live, these heroes live. Like As soon as they die, the next set's born, or the next set who's going to turn into them is born. So... Is the beam metal we're seeing on stage, well, I mean, before this whole Chosen Seven law, do you think they are part of this, of, all the, of these metal spirits? Absolutely. I think it says yes. so on the very last page of the book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, yeah, it's something to think about. Okay, well, let's, let's plug along here. Yeah. So, the... Like on the on the next page, there's this you know the the sort of like the vulture god lying on the ground saying bad, and and I'm not sure what's going on behind him, but it sort of seems like these are there are uh, people Zombies. who are dying behind him, crawling around. <laughs> because it seems it seems to me like what has happened on this page is that the vulture god has kind of like taken the power from the death around him to kind of recover. Does that seem like what happened? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, because cause he does seem to just kind of revive. And then, okay, so then there's like uh, something like an earthquake, uh, which seemed to have come out of nowhere. And I did actually do a little bit of research to try to figure out, was there an earthquake in 1793? But I couldn't find one. I don't know if anyone else found anything like that. But I didn't find anything like that, no. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so... Uh, eventually we, we get down to finding the next the next bit uh of the Agamot kind of buried in a buried in a statue. I mean that's the first bit. Have we found one before? Maybe that's the first no, bit. No, this is the first fragment. Yeah. And it and it and it shows towards the like the very last page of the chapter that the presumed vulture god is very upset that that happened and as soon as they touch it it seems like everything just ends. Yeah. I think that's a reoccurring theme of as soon as they get their hands on the piece, everything's just over. Yeah, it's true. It's just sort of interesting. But, yeah, all right, so... Chapter four? Elisa basically just shouted the thing to death. Or yes. shouted the yeah. thing yeah. into Green. submission. It's the power of Sue. The, yeah. the one that was who vowed silence, that was her first time speaking again or singing again or whatever. Yeah. was enough to take him down. So, actually, okay, so the fire worked the first time, and the the you know voice worked the second time but i think the voice keeps working oh well anyway we'll get to it so chapter four uh we are now in 1862 in canada so victoria well whatever yes victoria british columbia 1862 um, and this actually does seem like this really does tie the things in history uh, at least a bit so i don't know if i don't know if you did any research on that i absolutely did so All right. British Columbia aside, um, it was a really busy year in America, um, middle of the Civil War. Uh, Abraham Lincoln did a bunch of stuff in America, but British Columbia specifically, uh, the British were sending people to British Columbia to colonize, bring order to the region, um, 
start mining, um, things of that nature. And I there was actually a notable. Let me let me find my notes. There was a notable instance where I believe the shipwreck is referring to. Um, <laughs> and while I find that, somebody somebody take the mantle for me, um, while I figure out where I put that note. Yeah. Well, and and one of the things that's sort of featured here early in the chapter is a reference to what must be smallpox. So, um, smallpox was something that that did kind of hit the you know particularly the the native people at in this area and brought from San Francisco, I think. So, uh, you know, so that's also kind of relevant. And you know the, another thing too in the in the AMA there was a little bit of a discussion of this chapter, which said that initially it was I mean so it's actually sort of there's not a lot of text here, um, and originally it was actually going to be silent you know it was going to be just imagery, uh, which would have been very hard. <laughs> uh, eventually they decided that it would be better to have at least some uh, text in here, but there really is there really is kind of like a fairly sparse narration. One question I do have that one of you might have caught on to that I didn't was like, what's going on with the owl and the um, what appears to be an eagle in this chapter, a few pages in. Well, main seems to be a main plot point throughout the chapter. Well, I think that's them. Understood. I think that's our. I think think those are our protagonists. I think in this chapter they are birds. (laughs) You know, I love that as a bird guy. I love it. I have one. This is the chapter that I found a very that like nearly impossible to chart, you know, like who corresponds to who because like I, I struggle yes. with this a lot. Nobody's nobody's using fire and ice and voice as far as I can tell. Yeah, that was a point where I was just really confused. I mean, it looks like the um the eagle sh- shooting lightning of some kind. Could that be assumed that it's fire or it's coming out of its mouth? So it could be its voice too. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean. Can move, go ahead and move on, but not a huge deal. Just assume that it's those three birds are the protagonists. Yeah, I had. I mean, so there was definitely somebody had. Oh well, I guess this was also you know in plastic metals um, Reddit post that the presumption that it was an eagle, a crow, and an owl that were our people, um, and you know maybe this has some some relevance to something. <laughs> But, but yeah, I mean, this this one is interesting in that it does seem like it's not, it doesn't really feel like there are special powers being used. It does seem like the storyline is that uh, the vulture god has kind of recruited uh, or enslaved a bunch of a bunch of people to dig for something lost, and the birds come in and kind of you know stop that. Couldn't do it all together, the whole operation. But. But yeah, it's it's a sort of an unusual chapter. So there's so there's some sort of explosion um, that it's well okay yeah I really I have a hard time figuring this out. You know the one thing that seems to be using fire at all in this is this weird like mummy looking creature. Monster. Yeah, it's holding torches. So I, I, there was a time I'm not sure that I'm past that time when I was. Wondering if it was possible that that was the, you know, the fire person, and that uh, what happens there is like a bunch of gunpowder gets exploded or something. But anyway, like it looks like that could be gunpowder. Like in the chest there, it looks like there could be dynamite in that. But okay, so uh, in the aftermath of the explosion, many things all fall down, and the, I thought it was actually kind of inter- It's kind of cool. The um. So the non-owl, I guess this must be, maybe this is a crow, um, seems to get, like, smashed by a rock. <laughs> so uh, gets sort of stuck against the ground under a rock, and the, the owl comes and sort of, like, removes the rock and kind of nuzzles with it a second. Uh, and then they go get the the little... Well, then, then it looks like someone seeks out the little Agamot piece, but then, you know, now we're at that question where we weren't sure who got it. Because it does sort of seem like the claw that's gri- gripping for it. Now, looking back, I think now that the chapter ends directly after this, I feel that mm-hmm. it was it was one of the protagonists that got the, the piece of the Agamont. 
they're they're gonna stay with the same theme of as soon as they get their hands on it, the scene ends and it's over. Yeah. Unless all it takes is just for someone to get it. Oh yeah, or that yeah. Well, I can't find again where I saw information about this shipwreck, but uh, I I can point out something from the AMA that was interesting with this chapter. Um, you know, there's there's a bunch of kids in cages in this chapter that is in mm-hmm. fact a uh, Easter egg. Um, and quoting from the Z2 rep on the AMA, there are images of children in cages. This was meant to highlight the current crisis of child separations on the American border. It felt immediate, mm. and we really wanted to convey the terror of such actions. Interesting. So that wasn't. So that was not actually historically derived, which is also sort of interesting. So maybe that means we should stop <laughs> trying to find a historical precedence for everything. But <laughs> maybe some things are random. Well, it says that at the end, right? It says like you know, I just this is all just fabricated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, so like but I'm going to do my due diligence. You know, if they're going to give me the year and a location, I'm, I'm going to yeah. do the research. They, Why not? They were almost consistent. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in in the last chapter, we got a lot of references to the French Revolution, so that was nail on the head, right? So there there could be something we're just missing here in this time frame, right? Well, yeah, this whole book is basically not a nonfiction and fiction just clashing together and leaking into our real world. All right. Let's see. We we have gotten past a lot of the book, and uh, we have one sort of major content chapter left, and then some philosophy chapters. So I think we're doing all right. And I have a feeling you're going to enjoy chapter five. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so chapter five brings us into something like you know a little bit closer to a recognizable era. Um, and apparently, in the in the AMA, it was mentioned that like the color theme in this was uh, actually sam- uh, based on the sampled of a like a. Uh, monochrome green screen monitor, <laughs> which I can awesome. can understand. But yeah, yeah so, they totally nailed that look. Yeah, but so this is like the the early seventies, the beginning of the computer era when when ARPANET was at the at its infancy, and uh, so we we open in Arlington, Virginia, and uh, what's what's the guy what's the guy's name now? Somebody Tomlin, Bernie Tomlin, uh, is found found dead. So, uh, Newman left him for no less than 11 minutes. And I don't understand what that means, because that's a weird thing. Uh, there are many things that are more than 11 minutes. So was he gone for seven hours? <laughs> I don't know. No less than 11 I, minutes. I believe it was mentioned somewhere, he asked to go get a cup of hot chocolate. And what, what took 11... I didn't realize that took 11 minutes to make. Yeah, I think it's just to emphasize that what happened happened quickly. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's, how, that's how I interpreted that. Yeah, no, I think that's what it's supposed to mean. But the word there should be more. No more than 11 minutes would, would convey that meaning. No less than 11 minutes is not very <laughs> <True>. limiting. <laughs> but it's thematically fitting how they've written the rest of the book, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. So time of death was determined as 1643.25 on the dot. Uh, that's not a very... Arlington, Virginia, way to write the time. But it does allow you to observe, and this isn't my observation, I forget whose it was, but that uh, all of those numbers do add up to seven. Which is a little ridiculous. Oh. <laughs> I did not notice okay. that. Uh-oh. Uh, ten foil time. I didn't notice that, but later in the chapter, I did go and translate all the binary. So. Yeah, I did too. Did you find anything? <laughs> I did. Well, I, yeah. all I got was like random symbols. That is not what I got. Yeah, we can talk about that in a little yes, bit. Yes, please do. It was I it was addressed in the AMA actually too, but oh, was it? Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, well, I, we'll I see think if I'm right. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So the so there's this this mysterious death of this programmer in this sealed room essentially, like the the no one's coming out. Um, it hasn't been very long. Uh, and it says something like, the only eyewitnesses was dead with no eyes. And so that was one question I had. When you look at that picture of this guy's head, are you interpreting that as actually missing its eyes? <laughs> or, this, or is the point first. just that it's But his eyes do look different to everybody else's. My first thought is this guy the Green Lantern. <laughs> 
I don't know. I I think it's just supposed to signify maybe maybe possession or some other word worldly thing is going on with him. Dead Probably an soul- android or something. Soulless. Maybe. Because isn't that the goal of the Vulture God to take souls and bring death? I could see him. Well, the goal of the Vulture God is the apocalypse. Yes. The yeah. end of all life. Yeah, it seems like you know, sort of taking over the. The thing that's in control of like the weapons defense systems might be a good way to do this. That's actually, I thought that was a really interesting theme to this chapter. You know, we've seen the vulture God and we've seen beings in various forms of living creatures. um, But we get it here in a computer. And I thought Mm -hmm. that was a, I don't know, a 90 degree right turn from what we'd seen before that I actually really appreciated and thought was neat. Yeah, that's, and I mean, we had we actually just came out of a um, a similarly weird turn, which is you know they were birds, <laughs> you know so right, right. Um, so the the universe is somewhat unconstrained. Right. But okay, so the uh, so we have these our protagonists are now, um, I guess, programmers in the in the department of the dead guy. <laughs> Or something. I think, something like that. Yeah. Um, who sort of feel like something's not right. Like this like this guy never made mistakes, but there's an error and the error is propagating. And so they were somebody said they were just about to come down and, you know, consult with him about it when when this happened. So so we have who? We have Nicole, Cassandra, uh, Tony. I think are the three people. Yes. I find it a little bit I mean, like, there's nothing you can do about this, but the use of the names is a little bit uh, jarring. <laughs> Here, he like, yes. just, couldn't they just like wear name tags or something? I don't know. <laughs> it's it was yeah, it's hard to keep track of who's who. Yeah. When they give us names. Yeah, I mean, so it's all deductions. Like, all right, well, so you're talking to this person, so that means the name you used is not your own. <laughs> so. Right. The the background art is kind of interesting, though it's uh, all over the place in terms of era. So this is supposed to be, what is this, 1972? Um, 72, yeah. And the the panel where it says, a mistake, Tomlin's mistake, uh, has this person sitting in front of a bunch of computers that were re- released in 1977, but that's all right. Forgiven. Little, little did they know that they would be getting Commodore a... Pets, yeah. Yeah, that somebody like you would be going through their book, an expert in uh, what do you what do you what do you call this? Um, Uh, Early computing, retro yeah, vintage computing, retro computing, computing. But anyway, whatever, it's okay. Uh, It's it's all sort of like thematic, thematically uh, 70s and 80s computers. But it's not an expert. It got the message across, right? To me. Actually, yeah, I was thinking that too. Um, Metal Incarnate just said, or so we think, the government is years ahead. It's possible that this tech, it's it's implying that technology, uh, like the government already has technology that is far beyond what we have. Ah, that's true. Yeah, the, <laughs> the government had uh, Commodore Pets years in advance of the public. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, who, who knows? <laughs> Area 51 conspiracies. Yeah. But so, okay, so our, our protagonists, uh, like, stick around, uh, stick around and try to figure out this mystery, and nobody notices because they're always working late anyway, because they have to put in overtime because they don't get paid as much. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> oh well. Yeah. Not false, I'm sure. <laughs> but, yeah, not so subtle. Yeah. Easter egg there, maybe. But, uh, yeah, it is, but it is kind of, it's kind of cool how they're, they're kind of like, uh, doing this unnoticed. Let's see. So, in the background of the, you know, on, I guess on this on this page where, it in the upper left corner it says we had to see this through. Um, they do have a little map of the ARPANET at the time, you know, with little little nodes representing all the different places that things went. And I think they were they did mention here somewhere that there were, basically at this time about twenty three, nodes on the internet. <laughs> So okay, do you want to fifteen seconds explain to maybe our younger listeners what ARPANET was? 
Oh, and I'm not sure even. I mean, ARPANET was it was military funded. I'm just kind of doing this off the top of my head now, but um, military funded kind of research project that connected mostly universities. Um, there was a company called, uh, well, its initials are BBN, and it's the one that made this inter interface message processor that's actually relatively relatively faithfully rep reproduced here. So you can actually even see the BBN on it. Um, but uh, awesome. it, uh, yeah, and, and so this, it's basically just sort of a very early way for mostly universities to communicate with each other. Um, but it was, it was essentially funded by the military. Uh, and this is the project that evolved into what is now the internet, correct? Yeah, yeah. Neat. So, and in fact, actually, there was uh, one other thing too that, like, so part of part of what was happening here was that you know at this at this moment, the uh, uh, you know like all twenty three nodes went down or something like that. Um, and I I don't think there was a, a crash of that sort at this time frame, but there was in nineteen eighty a, a point where. Uh, there was some sort of cascading problem that actually took out all of the all of the existing ARPANET nodes at that point. Ultra God got in. Yeah. So based so on not, a true story. It's sort of yeah. It's well researched, right? I remember reading in the AMA that uh, you know a lot of the stuff in the background, like you mentioned the uh, the ARPANET locations. Um, a lot of the papers that have code and things like that are authentic to ARPANET code. Um, I remember reading in the AMA, so very well researched chapter in that regard. Yeah, except for the dates on the personal computers that they show. So on the next page, <laughs> we have a bunch of TRS-80 Model Fours, I think. Again, uh, much after 1972, but uh, the government is, you know, I guess we have concluded. Oh, and then there's a what I think is a K Pro Ten. Um, but yeah, so definitely conclusive evidence that the government had stuff way in advance of the public. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll bring you on for the uh, follow-up as their technical advisor. Right. Hopefully. But yeah, so <laughs> I guess we see here... Um, uh, okay, so so whatever. the the In the plot, they're working through... They're working through this and trying to figure out, like, you know, uh, what's going on. And they they kind of make this connection to the stone from which semiconductors are made. Uh, you know, as being kind of, I don't know, a way that you can connect the computers to nature. But sure. Um, but so they they succeed in like getting integration of the rogue code, and so they want to just like go ahead and see what's happening. And I think at this, you know, so there's a they mentioned that there's you know there's a risk. Oh, that's interesting. I've got interesting background noise that I hope can get edited out. Edited out, but um, <laughs> we'll see. But so they they risk some you know seeing the same fate as uh. The, the guy who died, but they, you know, press on anyway because they have to. And this page, I think, is the first there where we see this recurring binary. So, um, and the the binary does keep recurring, and I think it's roughly the same throughout. But did you want to say anything about what you discovered? Yeah, so the the binary I kept putting together, when you when you broke it out, I found a word, I found death. Zero one zero zero one zero zero zero. Zero one zero 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 one zero one zero one zero 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 one zero one and on and on, but basically, I got the word death from going through all of the binary. Right, death, death, death. Yes, and that has to be right, right? I mean, and in fact, I, it is right. But is it really? But it had to be right. I spent like an hour on that trying to figure that out. I could not find anything at all. Little Easter egg there. Random symbols. Well, I, yeah, I, so I should say I puzzled over it a little bit, and so part of the th part of what makes it somewhat tricky is the fact that there are randomly placed spaces in there. So yes. it makes it look like it's grouped in a way that doesn't. It's not consistent. That's why it but, took me an hour. Right, but in the AMA, it actually does say you know that this is just sort of directly asked and answered. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. Well, actually, just it okay. it says this, and if you go do the to the uh, translator comes out as death. Awesome. I got all kinds of numbers. I was going, I thought maybe they were years because they came out, some of them came out as numbers. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the seventies, some earlier, some numbers that made no sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, it wasn't until about 45 minutes into looking at this thing. I just put the whole thing together. 
Well, it's good. At, at least it's sort of satisfying. And the fact that you know that it's right. No. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let's see. So in the, well, there's actually, there's also this like little recurring, um, I don't know what this is. It's like, it's, it's this weird sort of like squid robot shape that, you know, you see on the screen of the, the sort of portable computer and it's showing up in various places. I assume this must be some sort of representation of the, the digital vulture god. Yeah, that was my thought as well. I agree. But okay, so I guess they do whatever it is they... I, I don't know what it is that they do, but they hit, they hit some sort of switch, and then there's like a Kirk and a Thum. It seems to me, like looking at what how this is described, it doesn't look like this is what happened to that guy, the Tomlin guy, because that looks a lot more destructive. Yeah. But anyway, so then we then we wind up in like Tron land. It's the perfect description for what's going yes. on. <laughs> yeah, my first thought was um like they've got like the like Gundam crests on their head, maybe they're Power Rangers, that kind of thing. But <laughs> Tron totally nails it. Doft punk. So the thing of course that I find a little dismaying about this is that now they look different, you know, so like we've kind of figured out yeah. who everybody is and then suddenly yeah. they're all different now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now I don't know who anybody is anymore. But the yeah. battle of the Vulture God in cyberspace. So I think, missed opportunity for a light cycle battle. Right. I think I feel, let's see. So um, there. Uh, so there. There are basically three. You know, the the three are all in there. Um, one of them has kind of like a disc behind her head. One of them mm -hmm. has kind of a triangular visor, and then one has sort of like a moon shaped visor. Yes. Um, and I think so. The one with the disc behind her head is going to be the one is the the Sue analog that has the voice um moon beyond being, that yeah the ice one being Yui which I'd imagine which one like the one with the half moon the pointing one meaning can be assumed as fierce or fiery yeah could be this could be yeah so the the, the one with the sort of like triangular triangular visor fabricates a uh, you know, a bow and arrow, some sort of archery set out of thin air, and then, you know, uh, spacks the bad guy, and the moon one schlunks the bad guy. <laughs> and I don't know which one is more like fire. <laughs> but who knows? I'll leave that up to everybody's imagination. I'm not even going to yes. touch that. <laughs> yeah. But, like, what, what I don't understand is that we actually never see the Agamont in this chapter, the third piece. Oh yeah, we do. Yes, kind of just assume yeah, as it zooms out. It's it's the source, right? So, I found it, the source, and then just under that, what do we do? What do we do? And there's the piece. Yes. Where am I missing this? It's hard to see. It's kind of <laughs> it's a bit glary. I'm being serious. Oh, I see it. They found it, the source. It's right above Berm. <laughs> oh yeah, there it is. Found it. Excellent. My eyes just missed that panel completely. Yeah. <laughs> so much to analyze on these pages. <laughs> I I don't want to think about how much time I spend. Yeah. But so yeah, so apparently the um the secret in this battle is yelling adapt. That that apparently is I don't know I don't know why that's the thing, but adapting apparently solves the problem. So, although it, it does seem like you know Oh, I don't know. Wasn't so, that a theme from earlier in the book? Adapting, maybe um, from the mythology in the in the prologue. Could be, or maybe the first chapter. I don't. I don't recall, but I mean, there's no. That doesn't mean much. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, so so apparently, like adapting winds up being the thing that allows the right here the um creation of the the arrow, and then the use of the voice to yell the thing away. Uh, and so I don't really know exactly what to make of this, but it looks to me like the... <clears throat> uh, we've been talking for a long time. <laughs> it seems to me like the Vulture God got, it, got the last one at the end. Am I wrong I about that? I see that. I see it in his hands. And I don't know what happened after that. Everything broke, and then suddenly we've got the, the shiny Correct. symbol. 
Yeah, that pocket piece. I'm missing then... where the vulture god got the last piece. Um, uh, it's on the second to last page of chapter five. It says yeah. at the very bottom left, no sisters, we dash, and then some binary, and then he has it in his hands. Yeah, maybe what oh, happens? He does. Yeah, like opening up a void or something, kind of like what we see in the starlight video or not the starlight, the distortion video. Maybe is that that's what not happened. it shattering? Yeah, and in the last something, panel, something is shattering. shattering, but it sort of seems like the, the entire reality is shattering. <laughs> yeah, and it's opened up a void, black hole, sent to the somewhere. mirror universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what's on the other side. Maybe what we see in distortion or starlight, those videos, is, or what, what's on the other side might be the chosen seven or something like that. Could, could be. <laughs> no way to argue against it. <laughs> we have to wait for another book, don't we? <laughs> yeah. You know, I've always thought of this uh, logo as an eclipse, but I'm wondering if it's not a black hole. Judging by the the, the pieces breaking, are they getting sucked into nothingness because they disappear? Ah, uh, it could be. There's, I mean, so this kind of symbol. Well, okay, so there's there. This symbol is not the same as the distortion symbol, no, precisely. It's not. Um, and they did comment on that on the on Twitter or the AMA or some, somewhere. I mean, like, they, they did sort of point out that it, it isn't the same. Um, but variants of so this... So I am wrong. <laughs> what? So I am wrong. <laughs> oh, well, no, I don't know. I mean, but um, the... They're definitely... I mean, like, I know when, when this was... Um, I don't know when this was, like, a year ago or something, when it was sort of new, um, there was discussion of maybe we're seeing an eclipse, you know, um, Maybe it's maybe what we're looking at is like a view from the moon of the Earth blocking the sun, uh, or, or whatever. I think I think that when the maybe at the last year's New Year's tweet or something, but oh, yeah, yeah. definitely this kind of this kind of shape has existed like throughout their time. Um, you know, so if you look at the the little movies that introduce things like uh, like Budokan or whatever, you know, you right. see these these shapes there too. Mm-hmm. Maybe not that exact uh, show, but I mean, I definitely, definitely, this is a, a an image that Koba likes. Yes, just kind of a final thought I had on this chapter. Um, going back to the beginning when the Agamot is broken into three pieces and sent through time, mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that the Fox God is able to digitize it and put it inside of a computer. Yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> nice. Well, you wouldn't think to look there. The, well, yeah, does, does that mean the Fox God is truly timeless? I suppose it exists in all reality at all times. <laughs> Otherwise, how would it know, right? Yeah. Don't know. Something I was confused about before we get into the next chapter is, like, in the beginning of the book, what didn't the Fox God task the main three to, des to destroy the Agonaut? Or, but in the next, they're putting it back together. Yeah. Uh, when I, I mean, I think I think that might be sort of what we're kind of supposed to be talking about in this next chapter. I don't know what's going on in this next chapter, <laughs> but it's a thing. But yeah, I mean, it's true. Um, they're not doing what they were supposed to do, but yet it seems like it turned out the way it was supposed to turn out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are correct. But yeah, so these I mean, the next two chapters are um, very. Abstract. I don't know. Does anyone want to take a take a run at this? What happens? What happens in uh, chapter six, the void? I I feel chapter six is the reunion after they've all like. I think it happens like it wraps itself back around to the very beginning, in the sense of it's all back to normal and the. Aganant is back in one piece so the fox god can return in human form if he so wishes to. And that he can still exist and not his soul not being torn apart anymore. I guess final wrap up on the story. Happy ending. What's, yeah. what's interesting to me is that, you know, they anthropomorphize the, the vulture god for the first time as what I'm assuming is a woman, right? And it, it's almost as if she's I don't know, brought to the light, as it were. 
Mm-hmm. That is or true. saved or rescued in this chapter, not so much defeated. Yeah, like, I mean, I suppose that is yeah. a defeat in a way, but not in that they destroyed the vulture god, like they saved its soul or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it does. It does seem so. First of all, it, it is it is true that if you look at what happened, so like who we're looking at here is the it's the person from the first. Uh, chapter, right? Right. It's Saiho again. Um, and it does seem like, you know, they're hanging out in space <laughs> or something with the Vulture God. <laughs> the Vulture God does seem to possess at least one piece of this thing. So maybe mm-hmm. that's actually what made it made it necessary to do this, is that they didn't get all three pieces. But maybe it does also seem like the Vulture God does transform. I mean, like, it's it's not... It's staged. Like, it's kind of going bit by bit until this is less a vulture and more a human and everything right. is solved by hugging and now there are four <laughs> what do we make of that i don't know but all right yeah i'm not sure how they come to this conclusion it's it's a little too abstract for me i would have i would have liked maybe just a little bit more concrete i don't know narration or explanation as to what the heck is going on yeah well um, i mean it does say there's an explanation right there it says together dot well, sure. I mean, you know, it's like Var said, weren't they? Or and uh, Garrett said, weren't they supposed to be destroying this thing? Well, they put it back together with the yep. help of the Vulture God, which I I don't know. I guess transforms the Vulture God, yeah, back into a good person or a good God or something. I so I I have no idea. What we know of the Vulture God to this point is that it's pure evil trying to destroy the world. So why was but, the end goal to put the thing back together and save its soul or whatever? Didn't also say somewhere else in the beginning that um the vulture god existed in the first place because of the Agamont? That it's that it create the creation of the Agamont by the fox god disrupted the balance of good and evil. I thought well no I thought I thought the my interpretation was that the the Agamont basically um attenuated the power of the fox god to the point that the vulture god could oh, get okay, yes. it. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking as well. That the, yeah. the vulture god was created, and it says as much, by the imbalance created by man doing things on to the planet that they shouldn't be. Right. That is what released the vulture god. Maybe not created it, but at least, you know, allowed it to be freed. Right, oh, okay. or at least create the imbalance that freed the vulture god or whatever. When it, yeah, it does. Uh, I forget now where this was, but it does. I believe that the the vulture god was conceived to have been imprisoned in some way. Um, it says, "quote With the power of the fox god trapped in the Agamont, the cosmic balance of energy was unbalanced, and the vulture god was released." Yeah. So, like, maybe like the Agamont was like the final piece to make him freed for eternity to try and ruin the earth. Which. But then it kind of contradicts what's going on here at the end when they put the Agamot back together. Yes, exactly. And the Vulture mm-hmm. God is no longer the... Well, maybe she still is the Vulture God, but she's clearly no longer evil just based on the artwork. Right. Well, maybe it's um, now some sort of fusion of the Fox God and the Vulture God, since they both were sort of inside the Agamot. Oh, interesting. Mm. I hadn't thought of that. I mean, I hadn't until like one second ago, <laughs> but... <laughs> um, that's certainly possible yeah i don't know anyway yeah they they put the thing back together and we zoom in on it and it seems like what happens is once it's back together a void opens in the symbol so i believe yes. that little crack is supposed to give us uh orientation that makes us aware that we're looking at that same you know it's the same thing and now it's opened up. Correct. Yeah, that's what I see as well. And then, and then the story's over, and we get philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this I don't... is apocrypha, where it says, uh, you know, we try to ascribe meanings like so many things are arbitrary. So, you know, don't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of what I don't get about the language in this, at the beginning of this chapter. It's like, well, we just told you this neat story, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of, that was kind of my first impression when I read that. Yeah. Many like to think it is of my doing, 
you know, I too am a creation of the universe. So yeah, the the art is nice. The art's incredible. Very. Once again, um, you know, and then of course, an infinite legion, yeah, bound by compassion. Yes, we've been we are praising the, the fuck's god. But yeah, I, before we get there, as I say, I am the conscience of three or seven or ten, right? And you have to look at that and say, oh, look, those yeah. are all numbers we know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Don't know what to make of that. An 100 million is legion. a prediction of how many albums are going to sell in 2019. Hopefully. Question mark? Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, so there, there was, um, somebody mentioned, I think this also was on the AMA, you know, the, uh, that Amazon said in their summary that like this is a story that goes from like whatever 1600s in Japan to modern day New York City. And they're like, well, how come it didn't go to modern day New York City? <laughs> but I that, think it did. That panel is in supposed to be in like the New York subway, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it looks like. Absolutely. So yeah. So that so was the extent of the part of it. But then we get yeah. You know, so we get our. Uh, the only thing that's even close to a connection to the band we know, which is a stage with no people on it and a lot of people holding up little Kitsune signs. <laughs> Anybody ever placed that stage art? Did it? Is it based off something? Anybody look? I no. wondered. I I like to imagine it was a download festival. Um, yeah, it looks say. like a festival, definitely. Like the one where the karate live video was shot. I forget what year that was. Yeah. 2016, maybe? That sounds right. Yeah, download 16. Yeah, I'd be curious to ask uh, Greg what, if anything, that panel's based off of. Just Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be surprising if there really is an actual photo where quite possibly the people on the stage were removed. (laughs) But (laughs) it would have been nice if there was someone visible. (laughs) Oh, Oh, well. Well, that takes us to the end. We are the one. Yeah. yeah, At least we know that theme. Praising a religion this whole time. It's nice though. Is it so? There's that. Um, is the. I don't actually know what I'm looking at. I, I didn't notice the, the background there. Um, is that over the earth or is that just sort of like space clouds behind it? The background of what? The Sorry. We Are the One panel. It looks like Earth to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd say so. So this is a little thing floating somewhere in the atmosphere. It's a planet. Supposedly, yeah. I can confidently say it's a planet. I don't know if okay. it's our planet. <laughs> okay. It's pretty so close cool. to Earth. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> no, I understand, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, can we find Japan? All right, so I think... I think we, we now understand the book. Congratulations, everybody. <laughs> If you've made it this far, thanks. You are now an expert on Apocrypha. <laughs> we overanalyzed everything. Yeah. As we should have. So I don't think, I mean, we probably don't really need to talk about like the process gallery. It's kind of cool. At the no, end, there's a yes. bunch of little like um, art yeah. pieces. but Sketches and whatnot. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, it's definitely worth taking a look at the Reddit AMA. Um, so, because there, there are, you know, We've mentioned a couple of things that that were in there, um, and yeah, there were some things. Like one of the questions people had was like, were there any any concepts that weren't used? And there was one that they they actually I'm surprised they even said this, <laughs> but they said um, we had so, so many unused literary concepts at the script stage um, since we were free to choose any that they wanted. And one of my favorite unused examples, and I forget exactly who this was. This might have been I, I don't think this was Greg so speaking, but I don't know exactly who it was. Um, one of my favorite unused concepts was a riff on uh, one of my favorite authors, Jane Austen. It was to be set at a wedding in the countryside of Kent, England. The bride was acting funny. The warriors think the bride is an incarnation of the vulture god, but really it turns out she's just, uh, you know, whatever wants to marry the co- the noble colonel and not the wealthy stooge. Oh, interesting. <laughs> it was super silly and cut for good reason, but I still love it. What that says. <laughs> it would not have fit thematically in this book very well. Yeah. It would not fit Cobra. What do you think? Maybe give final thoughts from everybody and then wrap it up. Sure. Sure. Yep. Um, I love the book. It's, uh, definitely needs more than just one read. But um, I think the art is amazing. I think it does 
explain a lot more. Like when when you really analyze it, you start to relate to the current B metal, even songs from their first album and all the lore stuff that you see on stage. And um, yeah, I I love my little B metal bible. I guess I'll go next. Um, sure. Overall, I I really enjoyed this comic. I spent a total of three days, basically just every single second of my free time going over it. Unfortunately, I was away from my computer, so I couldn't get, like, all the information. Like, I didn't read the AMA like I wanted to. In fact, I totally forgot about it up until the recording. <laughs> but I'm definitely going to go back and do it, because, like, uh, I feel that there's total total potential for a, a sequel to this book, but going into the future baby metal and not actually the present-day baby metal. They definitely be a, they left, they left a framework open, you know. Yeah, for sure. It's something I would definitely like to see. Um, it only gets me hyped for the future of Baby Metal. I think 2019 and 2020 are going to be their year. I feel like they're going to go very far in the next coming years. I'm so glad to be a part of it. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as everybody else. You know, I, I this is kind of my first real graphic novel that I've read through. So it's an interesting experience. You know, they always say you always remember your first, right? And I will definitely <laughs> always remember this thing. Um, the art is just unbelievable. Um, if you're not a graphic novel reader, like I am not really, but you're into this band, I definitely recommend picking it up just for the art alone and to appreciate that because it is incredibly well illustrated um, and unique. Um, I remember reading through the AMA, and one of the things they wanted to do was, and one of the reasons they wanted to go with Greg and Z2 was to do something different and unique because that fits what baby metal is and kind of their ethos. Um, and they're totally right. I've never really seen anything quite like this art. And that I think really describes baby metal. So I think that's a great pairing. The story, you know, like Var said, like, like it, like everybody said so far, you're going to have to read it a couple of times. You know, if you've made it this far, you're probably still, confused and still have some questions i i know i'm still confused and still have questions um i almost feel like you could a new reader who knows nothing about baby metal could read this a couple times and get a firm understanding of what's going on within the comic but still have nothing to do with the band <laughs> yeah that's an interesting point you know if you're a new reader or don't know the band you just pick this up off the shelf because you like the art or something what do you i, I would actually really be interested to find the opinion I'm going to beta test this. Yeah, I'd love I'd love to hear the opinion of somebody who doesn't know the band, doesn't know the lore, um doesn't know what any of this is about and to kind of see what their impression or a review of it would be. I think that would actually be really interesting. Be, you know, because we're looking make at this it. Happen. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at it from the perspective of super fans who overanalyze everything. Yes. Um yeah. and it would be cool to see a simpler view of it. You know, maybe we'll learn something that we hadn't thought of because we just overthought everything and we didn't need to. <laughs> and assumed certain things. And... Yeah. So that would, that would be really interesting. You know, stay tuned. Maybe we'll see if we can find a way to make that happen down the road. Um, but yeah, final thoughts. It's really mm -hmm. pretty. The story is interesting, although a little contrived and a little confusing at times. Um, but I would definitely recommend it, especially if you're a fan of the band. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and so I think that I know I'm happier with it now than I was immediately after receiving it. Because when I first got it, I just went, read, 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 read. It's already over, <laughs> you know. Um, and I, I actually really do appreciate it a lot more having gone through it slowly and sort of trying to think about things. So I agree. I do think yeah, that's interesting you mentioned that because I remember when I got it too, I sat on my sofa yeah. and just burned through it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was same. Yeah, and it took me then like I felt the 10 pacing. Or minutes. Yeah, and and then it really feels like the pacing is wrong. You know that it's just like you didn't you didn't spend enough time getting invested before it's over and that kind of stuff. But um, you do. I think you have to read these in a different way <laughs> from that. I would yeah. definitely like a, a a longer format version of these in the future. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. So so yeah, I mean, I I, I am impressed by the art. I'm uh, and I think they did succeed in giving us something that we hadn't done before. I mean, you're right in the AMA. It did say 
like the main guidance is if they've done it already, don't do that. Do something else. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, cool. Well, that was a uh, an intense journey <laughs> through the graphic novel. But um, and I don't feel like we hit everything. I mean, like, I feel like we were kind of running out of time and sort of sped up at the end. <laughs> but uh, so I don't know that we will talk about it again. But um, uh, there's more here than even just we just covered. And we might talk about it again. Well, we, we might. We'll see. So I will say then that that's it for this episode. You can join us on the Baby Metal Podcast Discord to continue the conversation. Rating the podcast on whatever platform you listen on will help people find it. So please do that. Uh, we'll be back here in something like two weeks, and we hope you'll join us. So until then, see you.